gals, gals, girls, ladies, gentlemen, him and hers. Welcome back to another episode of the Christian Apologist Podcast. I am your host, Richard Long. If this is your first time joining us, thank you for tuning in. If you have joined us many times, thank you for keep coming back. If you have not subscribed yet, please subscribe to either if you're watching this on YouTube or if you're listening to us on our podcast, leave comments, give us a five-star rating if you're capable of doing that on your podcast network. If not, just leave a comment and subscribe. We greatly appreciate it. It just helps our uh, podcast and our YouTube videos to get higher up on the list so it's more found, so more people can hear our podcast and our YouTube videos. In today's episode, I want to talk about the fact of, is God arbitrary? And the reason I want to talk about that is because there's a couple of times throughout the Bible, it seems as if God changes his mind. Now, if God is all-knowing and all-powerful and he's outside the realm of time, why would God need to change his mind? I mean, he would already know all the outcomes. He would already know how everything is. Um, some of these verses that I'm talking about is like in Genesis 22, where God tells Abraham to use Isaac as a sacrifice. And then later on in verse 12, he tells him not to do it. In uh, Numbers 14, uh, Moses changes God's mind about killing the Israelites. In Exodus 32, 14, Moses changes the, God's mind about killing the Israelites. It seems like the Israelites were in a lot of trouble back then. We probably all are in still a lot of trouble, to be quite honest. But there's a couple of things that we need to dive into some of these texts to actually see if God is arbitrary. And if you don't know what arbitrary means, it just means that um, randomly choosing, basically. That's the easiest way to say it. Like he just randomly picks and chooses. And so we want to know if God is arbitrary, if he changes his mind. And so a couple of things that we need to take into uh, effect is one, God is infinite. And the Bible is written through an infinite God but through finite humans. God used finite humans to get his word across. So we have to keep in mind that God has to be very descriptive in our finite minds to help us understand his infinite mind, which we will never do in this lifetime, but he does the best he can, and so do the writers of the Bible. And we also got to remember that the Bible is written from a human perspective. It's not written from God's perspective. If it was written from God's perspective, we wouldn't understand it because we can't understand infinitely. Now, we can understand finite because we are finite. So the writers of the Bible have to write it in such a way that we can understand it as humans. Now, when it comes down to Abraham uh, sacrificing Isaac, you have to understand that God lives outside the realm of time. God knew before he even gave Abraham a son that he knew this was going to take place. He knew that he wasn't going to actually let Abraham kill Isaac. Now, it's not a test. I don't believe it was a test. What I do believe is, so if we think back to the story of Abraham and Sarah, or Abram and Sarah, before they were changed to Abraham and Sarah, or Sarai, Sarai, however you want to pronounce her name. When the angel came to them and told them that they were going to give birth, and they were like in their 90, 100 years old, and they just kind of laughed. They doubted it, you know? They completely doubted that this was 
actually even going to happen. And so what I believe happens here is there's a couple of things. When God promised Abraham that a nation was going to come from his son Isaac, they doubted this. And then when I Sarah became pregnant and she gave birth, they started to believe. They, they, they trusted God. They believed his promises. And so God wanted, I'm trying to figure out a good way to say this. So God wanted Abraham to be able to fully trust in God's promises. And the only way he can do this, because God is infinite and he knows all things, okay? He knows all things. He's omniscient. And he knows the only way to get to Abraham was by doing it this way, is by saying, hey, I want you to go make a sacrifice and I want you to use Isaac as the sacrifice. Now, in Abraham's mind, he's thinking, wow, okay, so God finally gives me a son. He says a nation's going to come from this son, but now God is telling me to sacrifice the only son I have. And so, you know, this paradox is running through Abraham's mind without a doubt. But he trusts God. He knows God is good on his promises. God gave him the son he told him he would do. So God has learned, or not God, but Abraham learned to trust God. So he knew that even if he would have sacrificed his son, God still would have kept his promise and brought a nation from Isaac, whether it be raised him from the dead. I don't know what Abraham's thoughts were. I'm just you know, giving you ideas that this is what possibly Abraham was thinking at that time. And so from a human perspective, it looks as if God changed his mind. But God doesn't change his mind. And then when it comes to, you know, like Moses, for instance, Moses changed God's mind a couple of times for not destroying the Israelites. That's what the Bible says. It says that Moses prayed. God changed his mind. Seems like God's arbitrary, don't it? But if you dive into it and you really understand what's going on here, so what happens to what I see what's happening actually here is to Moses, it's as if he actually changed God's mind. And see, now this is good for Moses in a way because it helps Moses to realize that he can actually speak with God and God listens. Okay, and that's a lesson for all of us, that when we speak to God, God actually listens to us. Now, God's not arbitrary. He's already seen the beginning of the world to the end of the world. So he already knows how it's going to play out. But the praying is for us. It's for our benefit. It builds up our faith. It builds up our hope. It builds up our love and our trust in God. And that's exactly what's happening with Moses. And it's also teaching Moses not to just think about yourself but to think about others. And so when these Israelites were acting up and God's like, I'm going to destroy them. I'll start another nation with you, Moses. Moses starts thinking about them and not himself. And he prays to God and God says, okay, I won't change. I won't, I won't destroy them. Now to Moses, it seems as if God changed his mind, but he never changed his mind. He already knew this was going to happen, but he knew this was the way for one, to help Moses think about people other than himself. It helped the readers of the Bible, us, 
and everyone else who reads the Bible to see that we can talk to God, we can speak to God, and God hears us, and God answers our prayers. See, so it's building us up, and whoever reads the Bible, it builds us up. Now, of course, we can't, God can't translate that from an infinite mind. He has to do it through a finite mind, through a human perspective. And the only way to do it from a human perspective is to say that God changed his mind. That's the only way we can understand that. That's the only way we can comprehend that kind of infinite, all-knowing being. And also with Moses, and, and the style of the writing that was used back then, that was used back in the, you know, the Exodus and Numbers and, and Genesis and, and, you know, ancient Hebrew writings, the people back then would have actually seen the similarities between Moses and the coming Messiah, whom we obviously know now know is Jesus of Nazareth. Now, now, how is that? Well, let's let's look at the similarities between Moses from the way the ancient Hebrews wrote it, and to Jesus Christ. So, for one, Moses he was born poor, just like Jesus was. Yeah, obviously, you know, Moses ended up going into you know live with the king and and everything else, and became a prince of Egypt and. Yada, yada, yada. But then he, you know, obviously went back down. Um, but Moses acted as a shepherd for the Israelites, just like Jesus acts as a shepherd for us. He calls us in. He watches over us. He protects us. He guides us. Right? Um, he also freed them from slavery. And Jesus has freed us from the slavery of sin. Um, he also stood between them and God's wrath. And that's when, you know, we see where Moses was saying, no, don't destroy them, don't destroy them. And Jesus took the wrath of God in our place if we just believe in him and trust in him with our salvation. That's all we have to do. And Moses stood in between God and the Israelites. And also, of course, the biggest one is Moses performed miracles just like Jesus did. Maybe not the exact same miracles, but he performed miracles. And so the people back then who read these texts would have saw the similarities between Moses and the coming Messiah. Now, I know a lot of Christians don't like to hear this, but you need to hear this. Not all the Bible is written to you specifically. Now, you can use it, so don't get me wrong. You can use it, but it's not written to you specifically. Some of it is written to the Israelites. Some of it is written to us. Some of us were written to the Gentiles, to the churches. Um, but not all of it was written to us. A lot of it is written as a description of what happened, where it happened, why it happened, and then some of it is prescriptive, which is written to us on how we should act, on how we should obey, and everything else. But not the entire Bible is written to us as, you know, like a way to do things. It's not. It was written to them at a specific time. Um, I'm trying to remember the exact passage. I'm sure I can look it up. I know it's in Jeremiah. Let me look it up real quick. But anyways, the Bible, there's a part in Jeremiah, and Christians like to use this phrase, 
here it is. Jeremiah 29.11. So in Jeremiah 29.11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Now, this is a good text. It's a nice text. It's a nice, warm feeling. Okay? And Christians love to use it. But that wasn't written for us. That was not written for us at all. I'm trying to find the other text now. Um, but that was actually written to the Israelites at that time in that specific place for them specifically, not for all of us. That wasn't written for all of us. That was written for them. So unless you're a very old ancient Israelite from way back when, that was not written to you. But see, and, and here's what I mean by taking things out of text. Now, I'm not saying don't use it. I'm not saying you can't use it to, you know, feel good about things, to build people up. I'm not saying that. But it literally was not written to you. Because if you really think about it, I want to—I don't remember the exact verse for this one either. I'm not, I'm, my mind's kind of going blank today. But it's a little bit later on in Jeremiah where God says, I will destroy you. See, now, Christians don't want to sit there and, and tell people that. They don't want to put that on a on a pillowcase, you know, from grandma or in a Christmas card or anything else. Because they're like, well, that wasn't written to me. Well, no, it wasn't. But neither was the other verse, 2911. It wasn't written to you either. But we like to take the feel-good stuff and use it and, the you know, the stuff that we're like, oh, that's bad. Let's not use that one. But it was a lot of it wasn't written to us. But back at the subject of hand, I always seem to get off track here, and I'm sorry for doing that. I do it almost every time. So when we get back to uh, is God arbitrary? No, God is not arbitrary. How does God know everything? Why is God omniscient? Um, because he's outside the realm of time, for one. So before he created, nothing is a surprise to God. See, and here's another thing about, and, and this is really going to probably upset a lot of Christians, is, but you got to hear me all the way through, and you got to understand what I'm saying. When we pray for things, and then it happens, do you really honestly think that it was at that specific time that you prayed that. <clears throat> and then God changed his mind to give you what you wanted because you needed it or just wanted it at that time. I mean, do you think that you gave God some kind of new insight, information that you needed help or somebody needed help or, you know, that you just wanted to praise him or whatever? Do you think God, like you gave God some kind of new evidence, some kind of, uh, new insight into what's going on in your life? I mean, think about it. No, you didn't. See, your life, God's already seen it go through and through from the beginning to the end. So do we? should we pray? Absolutely, we should pray. Why should we pray though? Because it builds us up. It builds up our faith. And when the things do come to us, it builds our faith even more. It builds our trust in the Lord. It builds, we know we can trust his promises. But these things have already been played out before God. Now, that's not determinism. That's not determinism. It's not like God determined all this to happen, but God's already just seen it. It's like, you know, a movie comes on and you record it on your DVR, and before you get home, you're, 
your spouse or, you know, if you have a roommate, your roommate tells you how the ending of it is. Now, does that mean that the people in the movie were predetermined to do exactly what it was said? No, that's not what it means. It just means that you already know how it ends, but you can still voluntarily watch it to see how it plays out because you don't know that. But it's already been done. See, and that's how it is with the realm of time. I know that's really confusing, but in the realm of time, outside of space-time continuum, God's already seen everything played out. He already knows how it's going to play it out, and he already knows the best way to make it play out to get what he wants to get accomplished, what he wants done. He's already done this. So nothing we do now is going to be surprising to God. And that should be actually comforting to a lot of us Christians. So when we are faced with difficulties or hardships or, or deaths or diseases, we should know that this isn't a surprise to Jesus Christ. This isn't a surprise to God. He already knew this was going to play out. Now, we might be surprised by it because we are actually in the realm of time. But it's nice to know that we have a Lord and Savior outside the realm of time that already knows how it's going to be played out. And it's not a surprise to him. It's not a surprise to him at all. So, one more time. Is God arbitrary? Absolutely not. God is not arbitrary. God knows the beginning to the end. Now, if people, if atheists, I'm talking to Christians right now, if atheists like to point out where God changes his mind, you need to point out the fact that the Bible was written from a human perspective to give us insight into an infinite God. That's all it is. It's written from a human perspective to give us insight of an infinite God. If God can't give us details and have us understand it because he's infinite and we're finite, we will never understand that. So he had to use finite human being minds to relay the message to us in a way that we could understand it. See, so like when you read the Bible and you saw where God changed his mind, you were like, wow, Moses prayed and God listened to him and actually changed his mind. And that's exactly what God wanted you to get out of that. You all have a blessed rest of the week and God bless.